here on Wrestling Canada's YouTube. Do not ask me what that face was. I was trying to figure out stuff. Oh, wrong finger. <laughs> oh, it's amazing for the podcast view. I thought I could bloody time it. I've done something new with a completely different layout. I thought it's just me by myself. It's a bit weird to have the two squares when I'm by myself, so make a new scene to put everybody in. Uh, but no, plus I'm big and I can look at my hair in high def. <laughs> you can't because it doesn't go out in high def, but I can see it in all of its weirdness. Anyway, hello and welcome. This is nonsense to the reviewer, the people here upon uh, the podcast version. Anyway, hello and welcome to Wrestling Headlines Radio Raw Review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and we are live here on YouTube and also available in podcast form. Links in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net. Survivor Series is over. And it's on to the road to them tables, ladders and whatnot afterwards. And Night Raw was like a reset into that direction whilst using Survivor Series. Also, Site Council, awesome to see you come over from Twitch to witness the Raw review. Any questions, send them into the chat and I'll address them. I'll be going through the show in relative order. But the topic for today's show was the three singles matches to lead into the triple threat, which will take place next week, where the winner of that match will become number one contender for Drew McIntyre's WWE Championship, assumably at tables, ladders and chairs. And immediately off the bat, it's not Randy Orton. Thank bloody Christ. <laughs> so that's not happening. Thank God for that. Also, the three singles matches I thought were great and built to it. Move things on nicely. Drew McIntyre not being there as well. Another massive deal. I felt like it was able to focus on the contenders. And it was like this. Because that's something AEW does. Where I praise AEW for not featuring everybody. Like all the biggest stars every single week. And this week it's... Yeah, it's seemingly... It's going to check, triple check the audio. Yeah, nice and loud. Nice and loud. But yeah. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's uh, yeah, a cameraman lost his job site council. Please say more. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I yeah, I really enjoyed the uh, the way it built to it. It moved things on, and that's been my biggest critique of Raw. It's not moved things on, and it felt like I've been stuck in the same limbo for absolutely ages. And the draft didn't really do much. Just but the issue as well is where storylines from Raw went to SmackDown and from SmackDown to Raw, so it felt like. But not a lot of stuff was fresh. You saw a new folk interacting, but it wasn't really super fresh. Then you get what happened with uh, this Survivor Series. And then events, finally, like those five men, they all get something. And I've got it immediately in my notes. Because we kicked off Raw with the victorious men's Raw team and Adam Pearce was there. Pearce kicks off the show in full recap mode. This happens sometimes. A.K.A. Well, this is... That's not, people don't do this. <laughs> he's an official, so uh, let it slide a bit. But he's, he's recapping how great the Orton McIntyre match was last week. Undertaker's farewell and finally Team Raw's clean sweep, resulting in the reward of one of these men becoming McIntyre's next contender. Pierce talking as if this was already an established thing. It was not. <laughs> but I appreciate stakes to the Survivor Series result. But they were after the fact. <laughs> so Adam Pearce was like, oh, so as we know, that means you're, you're, one of you men will become number one contender. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. None of this has ever been mentioned before. <laughs> Hold your horses a second. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the fans have been calling for some stakes or something like this to actually happen. But for it to... Uh, yeah, to, it's, it's good that it has been announced. 
I'm not going to run that down. I'm going to say I do like the road it's going to survive uh, from Survivor Series to TLC. That said, I will just state <laughs> these stakes that were apparently there did not exist until today. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, the Van Dyorn versus AJ Styles match. The cameraman showed the fiend coming out of the. Ah, oh, did he really? Ah, oh, damn it! I did not. I didn't spot that. So. One thing when I'm doing this raw review is I will miss the odd thing, so everyone feel free to shout out if I do, uh, like just blatantly miss something because I'm I'm writing notes. I've got I've got just over two thousand words worth of notes. <laughs> I have to do this tonight, so I miss things sometimes. And in the main event, especially, I'm starting to zone out a bit. Uh, I will say these these last two weeks because of course when I'm doing these notes for each in ring segment, I number it, and so I know exactly how many in-ring segments there's been every single week. I've accidentally started cataloguing it. It was not something I meant to be doing. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there's... Let me just try and remember. Yeah, so, I, I, no, just bloody look. How many segments were there this week? There were seven? So, seven in-ring segments where, in, like, the height of the... of, like, Raw Underground and Retribution doing their big thing, kind of, like, that era... You're looking at 10 to 12 seg in-ring segments, never mind backstage stuff, like every single week. And I was not including Raw Underground in that total. When, it, when I was getting to like 12 segments, like double figures, like, as in specifically in the ring. <laughs> so, yeah. So these past two weeks, I think last week it was six, this week seven. It, it's just so much better. And I praised the show last week for when there was like stuff that needed to be moved over and stuff. I, yeah. <laughs> I really, I really, I really like it with the way that the show has been kind of flowing and everything. Uh, anyway, uh, let's quickly check the chat. Uh, I can watch it over again. I'll make a note of that. Obviously, not doing it now. Uh, they all, so they all ran through. All, all of the people were there, and they ran through why they were individually worthy of becoming number one contender following their Survivor Series performances. They're all confident they deserve it. Strowman, a tad angry at Pierce, saying, "Last but not least." For some reason, if that can be explained to me, <laughs> why he got so angry? Did I miss something because I was making notes again? Uh, he got angry at that. Like, he misunderstood a, a statement which couldn't possibly be misunderstood. <laughs> uh, as in, and seriously, when they, when he got angry at it, it was like, oh, he's getting angry at it for some reason. And immediately I'm just like, yeah, but I've got to at least believe he could get angry at it. Who get? What could he have possibly interpreted that last line as? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean, last? Well, we were the last in the seat. It's an odd one. Anyway, uh, he, he headbutted Adam Pearce. Uh, commentators after the break, hitting on the big man, possibly facing consequences for that. Which do we get to a... Uh, the comment from, from Site Cancel about Ward Strowman. And uh, he... So on the WW... So I happened to notice this, because when I do the Photoshop for this episode, I always go to WWE.com just to see what there is. And I happened to see it said, WWE Superstar Born Strowman... Uh, indefinitely suspended. So I'm assuming they've suspended him and he's got to pay a fund or something, or they suspended him, he'll be out a little while. One of the two. I <laughs> don't really know. But it's like, but the main point of that was then he as a consequence was taken out of the triple threat qualifying matches. So we got two people who were not in the Survivor Series team added to it is when it became a triple threat. So whatever plan Adam Pearce had beforehand, Borst Roman changed that with the headbutt. So yeah, not too bad. He just do two singles. Then Bobbly Lashes turns up. <laughs> so, oh, I guess I'll think, figure out of something. And then Randy Orton turns up. They're like, oh, thank God, there you go, six. Nice and bad. <laughs> so that's what we've got. Three matches. Uh, somebody made a point online. I think it was Sidgwick from uh, What Culture. It's making the point of, 
like so many of the matches on tonight's Raw were impromptu or made up during the night. <laughs> so it's one of those where in terms of in terms of just the kayfabe world, what was the show when it went live? <laughs> what was but like I'm one of those people where uh, if it's one or two, don't really mind. When it's as many as it was this week, I did have a little chuckle. I don't have a moan or a whinge. It, it's not something that breaks the whole thing for me. But I will make a little note. <laughs> it's like, hmm, okay then. Right, this is, yeah, I see the repeat thing happening here. Yeah, again, made issue with WWE's repetition. The point I was going to make with AEW before I went to check my sound, I never went back to that point, was they will promote the show beforehand and you know the entire card going forward for that show. And then the, a champion or somebody important might get a promo. You've got your people on there every single week, like the AEW champion, like Chris Jericho. You get those levels of people on the show every week, but the ones that are down, like, you don't always get them. So you'll get like a video package for them or something. Then they'll be on the next week or the week after that. They're not there every single week repeating the future matches. Uh, it kind of keeps it fresh where even though they might only be facing these, this said person, which again is another booking thing they don't really do. They will face other people. They, they, if they, they give them a week off. So at least you've had a week's break from it. Here <laughs> we had multiple matches we'd seen already on Raw in the past month. And we also had repeat matches from just last week. So, not exactly a static <laughs> for, the, for this role. It's a weird one. It shifted things in a nice direction whilst also not being that great a show for me. But I did like the triple threat stuff. So, yeah, so I'll stay on topic with that. Let's do the triple threat stuff. So, the first number one contenders qualifying match was Matt Riddle versus Sheamus. Another match we've already seen a few times since the draft just a month ago. I want to say it's been more twice. It might just be once. Like, uh, seriously, WWE have such a major problem booking the same matches over and over. Sorry, over and over, Twitch reference. Uh, the implications for two S's over on Twitch. Uh, that's one of the biggest reasons we all get fatigued so quickly. Not because I keep pausing to plug the Twitch. <laughs> no, because it's... They put the same thing over and over. And I, I'm fine with that within a certain space. Like I, I grew up on the WWE where they gave you three pay-per-view matches in a row, essentially. Oh, and that was your feud. That was relatively normal to see that. But here, it's one week's difference. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. Uh, yes, I cancelled this match. was given quite a bit of time. And it was... Really, it was, it was just like the last meeting between these two. Uh, Shamu wearing Riddle down, who eventually fought back and entered a great contest of strikes and power. Riddle really swinging the tide in his favour after a ringside kerfuffle went completely against Sheamus, finding himself instead suplexed on the outside. Sheamus with a... Ah! <laughs> so that was the hurt. Sheamus really did a strong job gaining control of the match. If anything, the only con to his game was like showing the frustration as Riddle continued to kick out. The former MMA man fighting back with his submission game, wrenching Sheamus' arm back on the ropes before trying to capitalise in the ring. A run which was decent enough, but Sheamus was cutting him off again, uh, delivering a white noise off the top rope for a damn close kick out. That one got me. I was like, oh, Sheamus has beaten, beaten Riddle again. They're continuing that little... Okay, no, they're not. No, he's kicked out. Uh, the follow-up bro kick never hit as Riddle collapsed. Or was it a trick? Uh, Sheamus talking tracks... Trash ended up kicked in the head. Tried to save the mistake with a counter transition into a cloverleaf, but Riddle reversed back and rolled into a pin for the win. Uh, Riddle advances to the triple threat as Sheamus puts on his angry face at ringside. Like, oh, I lost. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's funnier with my really thin arms. 
<laughs> but yeah, it was a. It was just like the last match where it was hard hitting. Sheamus got the upper hand where he felt like a veteran and commentary putting him over as a former champion. I feel like they've done a really good job, like lifting Sheamus back up to feeling relevant at least. Like he slots onto his raw roster fine, and he's having big, like strong, stiff matches with lots of punching and <laughs> things. So, yeah, he's the matches are fine TV matches. The only issue is we saw this match within this past month. We've already seen it on Raw. And, and of course, Trip, uh, Riddle and Sheamus have been wrestling each other. But if I'm right, didn't Sheamus beat Riddle to qualify for Survivor Series? Then Riddle won the second chance match. So they have, I think they have faced twice. Ugh. <laughs> but, yeah, so this is the third meeting in a month. Like, again, no wonder. We had the, it could have been longer than a month now, though. But it's, and of course, they've been interacting the entire time with Survivor Series as well. Yeah, you've got a massive roster, just mix it up, lads. <laughs> That's what AW do. That's the point I was making. You don't see the same things week after week because they just give people weeks off. They rotate people around. They said they were going to do this, but seeing it in action, I really feel the benefit of it, where they are rotating people around. You don't get bored of, the, of seeing certain matches because you don't see them like that often. It, the whole product still feels fresh. And I don't mean, oh, it's WWE been around for ages. No, I mean... Like, Matt Riddle is brand new, and I've seen him versus James a bit too many times. Like, Lana versus Asuka is the second time within a few weeks. <laughs> so it's... Yeah, anyway, uh, Lana backstage. Uh, Asuka... No, no, I'm not going to do that bit. I'm doing the triple threat matches. Tangent, this is a uh, a running thing with me, is I'll mention something, go, oh yeah, I can do that bit. No, stick on topic, Imp. <laughs> Tangents galore, it's worse when there's a guest. <laughs> uh, anyway, the second number one contenders match... Number one contenders qualifying match. I've written match twice in my title. That's what's done me. Keith Lee versus Bobby Lee Lashes. Uh, I was genuinely amped for this. WWE has a habit of like a big debut for an NXT lad before they fall to the mid-card title and they might do something fine and maybe they'll pop back up. But yeah, like Kevin Owens is a great example of that. That said, both Lee and Lashes have, built, have been built so well that I'd be all for a title feud between the two. You know, big boys collide. Uh, to be fair, like there's quite a few big lads for Keith Lee to collide with on Raw. Like quite the home to make him look strong as f. Can't swear it's YouTube. But, like big Keith, so big that in the ring post, in the ring post spot at ringside, Lashley collapsed down onto his knee when he had him like on his shoulders for a fireman carry to then lift him into the uh, turnbuckle thingy with Bob. And uh, yes, yes, I can. So that's where Bobby. Blair, I think he was then. When he came back from break, he had a bleed on his head. But he tried to lift Keith Lee into the ring post. But he was obviously just too too big a boy. <laughs> and Bobby Lashley just fell onto his knees. And just kind of just awkwardly fell into the ring post. And they repeated it as well. Because, of course, it was a like match-swinging match moment. So, yeah. But Bobby Lee Lashley did succeed in slowing down the big man for a lengthy part of the match, resulting in a nice ending where Lee kicked up the pace and Lashley matched him. So I love it when that happens. <laughs> like, the heel matched him in the kick up a pace. Like, yeah, all for that. Before suplexing Keith in a bloody impressive fashion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do a roar, Bobby Lee. <laughs> Do a roar. Uh, Lee used his athleticism to counter Mr. Strongman, jumping over a spear, bouncing off the ropes, and eventually pouncing the businessman out of the ring. But in following up at ringside, the referee didn't see MVP push Keith into the ring post. Back in the ring, this was like this was surely the end now then. Uh, Lashley calling for the hurt lock as Lee stirred. But nope! Uh, Keith caught his wits and powered out of the big muscly grip. 
knocking Lashley down, sure to follow up, but we never saw it as MVP interfered, laying fist to Keith, uh, but costing Lashley the match, protecting his investment at a cost. Like, Lashley lost his number one contenders match, but his investment got protected because Keith Lee was likely about to beat him. Uh, but yeah, it was a really big boy match. <laughs> I think I'll say it like that. We got our stiff strikes and, oh my God, he keeps kicking out match with uh, Matt Riddle and and, uh, not, and Sheamus. Why well, I think it's Sheamus? But with Keith Lee, Bobby Lashley, this was big boy. <laughs> big, big boys beating each other. To a <laughs> yes, yeah. Big boy bouts are always, always awesome. And increasingly difficult to say at 20 past midnight when you're still recovering from like a 6am sleep for Survivor Series. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a great, I feel like both the matches were really strong. In the di- and they were and they were different as well. Uh, all three were different, and I feel like really, really added to it. You mean you got three completely different competitors, and they feel different because the matches themselves were all different. And the Bobby Lashley match was the only one to feature interference because of the hurt business. Like again, it's something else that really helps. I say interference. I mean like directly in the match that it ended in a DQ. So I'm being a bit. The line's a bit thin, I know, <laughs> with that one, because of how the main event goes down, which I'm about to talk about. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the main event, because it was the final triple threat match. And also, as you can tell, there's not really much to dig into, because we see the triple threat, and I will, there'll be a little conversation when we've done this all of, well, who do I think is going to win next week? But, uh, again, this is... I've said this with NXT quite a bit. A setup show, like, when I review a setup show, it's likely going to be quite short, just because there's not really much to say. Because they're setting stuff up. I can go, they did this. This might be going to something, but we don't know yet. So I'll hold off my opinion until I can actually judge it. Which is not a, it's not a great for a hot take. <laughs> it's not great for a review show. It's a like, yeah, yeah, build-up show. And this was... The reason why I liked this Raw for what it was, whilst I won't rate it high, I wouldn't say that. And I was a bit uh, I seeing repeat matches again after... like I've, I've When I so realise that's one of my biggest peeves and it's a con that keeps happening and it repeats itself. It's, it's just stop running the same exact matches. You can mix, mix things up. you got massive rosters. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but yes, the main event was the final number one contenders match for... the It's a qualified match. What am I saying for? Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. As soon as Randy walked out, I was full-on sarcastically just calling for Orton. Like, yeah, let's go. Orton, Orton versus McIntyre, 28. Come on, baby. <laughs> Seems I've moved on a bit from, uh, like, just a bit of an air. Eh, just like, I'm done with it. It's still happening. I'm just zoning out. As like, I've gone from that to full burning fire of sarcasm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, run it again. That'll be grand. <laughs> so uh, that, that's my mental state with uh, McIntyre Orton. Again, I started the show with, it's not McIntyre, so thank bloody Christ for that. Uh, WWE are increasingly giving us these heel versus heel matchups, seeing that style yet again with this main event. Two cheaty lads, cheaty cheating. Orton de facto, I guess, he was one de facto against the odds with Big Omar Bahin at ringside, which people really struggle to say that name. Omar Bahin, I don't, just you just read the letters. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yes, yeah, so uh, Big Bohean, I really like how he's been used so far. Like, never actually, especially, uh, I mean, specifically in the matches. Because, like, he never actually lays his hands on opponents, but he consistently helps out AJ. And there's a great spot in this match where he powered, he hoisted AJ up onto the ring apron, who then just ran with a knee into Orton. 
and that was uh, and that's and that's that was the only kind of interference he did. Like Omar Bahin exists and his sheer presence distracts people. He doesn't have to attack. The only person in a match that he's ever laid his hands on is AJ. And by laid his hands on, I mean he's helped him. He's hoisted him up and stuff. So I like that, just in terms of how the bodyguard's working. He actually feels like a bodyguard. What a crazy, marvellous concept. <laughs> he actually acts like a bodyguard. Insane. What an insane idea. So, but yeah, so I, I'm uh, digging it so far. We'll see where it goes over the course of time, but for right now, it, it's, it's a grand idea. It seems to be working relatively fine. He and AJ seem to be building little blocks of chemistry, and we get to see little signs of it. This here, this match tonight, was a great little next step and sign. Orton successfully keeping the action in the middle of the ring after that, because of the numbers game working worked against him at ringside. A... I also talked about the great little spot on the apron, and yeah, the growing, growing dynamic between uh, big and little. Uh, Orton's counter style bringing back in, uh, brought back into momentum time and time again. AJ using their familiarity to swing on back to, like really both men were countering into signature moves in the closing moments. Uh, until the fiend, spooky spook. Uh, Orton against the barricade, the spooky spook played, and uh, the monster was behind him, but got in a flash. And I also missed the fiend appearing, so. I need to like rewatch that, maybe just to capture that. Uh, to be fair, it's probably all over Twitter now. <laughs> it's just been really busy today. Uh, also, site cancel, you missed a uh, Twitch stream today. Ash and I played FIFA. It went really well. We battered everybody. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway, AJ was unable to capitalise with a forearm. Instead, chopped down and driven with Orton's draped DDT. Uh, but no RKO follow-up for the former champion. Uh, the lights and spooky spook in full play for Orton this time. Uh, the Fiend popped up onto the apron before the lights went out and he disappeared yet again. Uh, but this was the point. Distracting Orton into a loss rather than, uh, me- I can't say it, rather than a message via violence. When Randy turned round, Styles sprang in with a phenomenal forearm and secured the win. Styles celebrating, making next week's number one contender triple threat before the Fiend's laugh closes us out. And uh, yes, yes, Ash did switch. So, um... With uh, so with with the FIFA stream today because uh, uh, we want to do wrestling things because we're wrestling world people but uh, the the games aren't good <laughs> so we just thought well if we talk wrestling if we make references and things if people get used to us then over with uh, me and wrestling shorts on the twist on the Twitch then we can play what we want and with uh, the FIFA stream literally today Ash decided thirty minutes before he went live you know what I'm really busy to Wednesday. Instead of cancelling the stream, let's just do it on a Tuesday. So I happened to be finishing setting this up. <laughs> so I, I was ready with like, like 10 minutes before we went live. I finally was able to go grab my microphone, get everything ready. And so it was pretty last minute, but really enjoyed it. Issue is, it ruined my throat. <laughs> so I'm going to have to take a drink. Mm. Also this, I'll call it not a very casual Twitch plug. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so the three people are Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, and AJ Styles. Two new lads and AJ Styles, who's beloved. I don't know. Do you run Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre after it was kind of teased when it feels like Keith Lee's like fallen down the roster a bit? But that's just what happens with NXT lads. Like, do you use this to re-elevate Keith Lee now you've moved past uh, Randy Orton? Or do you give it to AJ Styles because he's AJ Styles and he's a perfect like filler person just to put in there to carry you over through to the Royal Rumble, or at least after the Royal Rumble. Because it's a running thing. 
that AJ Styles isn't in Royal Rumble matches. He's been in two his entire WWE career. So why not run it again? <laughs> Have his feud run through the Royal Rumble or whatever. But yeah, it was a... It, who, if it's not AJ Styles, who's it going to be? Is it going to... Uh, it's good Keith Lee. I don't, it's not going to be Riddle. Surely not Riddle. It's... Yeah, it's surely going to be Keith Lee. That's, that's, my, that's my vote. That is my vote. <laughs> Keith Lee. Right, so this is the point of the show where I will then uh, go through the rest of the show in order, including like the backstage segments and whatnot. And there were, yeah, there were quite a few bits, bits and pieces here and there. I will say that again, the one issue was repeat matches. In terms of like me reviewing this show, it was half and half, where I really rated the Survivor Series, uh, like the Team Raw stuff, and moving it on to the WWE Championship. So that was three matches. That was an opener. That was Matt Riddle making MVP laugh, call for the man. <laughs> and then there was uh, the uh, three triple threat matches leading to all of Bella de uh, I like that. Wasn't a fan of seeing repeat stuff. So New Day Hurt Business, we saw it just last week. Lana versus Asuka, I feel like we saw that very recently. We didn't get it, really, because of the circumstance. But when they booked it, like, two repeat stuff. So, yeah. Uh, did Keith Lee meet his match in Otis? <laughs> that was kind of cool to see, the uh, Keith Lee and Otis stuff. Uh, but yeah, so, the I'll talk about New Day versus Her Business. Uh, the Raw Tag Team Championships were online again as Kofi and Xavier Woods faced Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. Like, last week, I said, I feel like we're starting to see this match a lot, but I'm nowhere near the fatigue point yet. Well... Looks like WWE are doing their best to rock it there. <laughs> run it again. I mean, like, it was a great match. I really enjoyed it last week. But to run it immediately again the very next week? <laughs> this is, like, yeah, again, case and point of my kind of re repetition issue. Just just hold it off. Like, like, immediately, within two weeks, it made me not want to see it again. <laughs> you just held it. You didn't need to do this this week. Just hold it off. Other things were being set up. It's fine. I love New Day. I love the injection of energy they've brought to Monday Night Raw. It's been so much needed. Uh, also, I haven't got my New Day. My, my New Day. I've got a New Day mug. It's off screen. So I'm a New Day fan. But uh, that's. It's like I think it's because AEW exists, and I can. They are showing how to do rivalries without you just booking them in the same match and segments together every single week. Uh, you mix it up. You tell it a bit more naturally in a way over the course of time. Uh, but WWE style is you're in a, you are locked in a storyline, therefore you two are on this boat <laughs> and you're wrestled on this boat by yourselves and no one else is allowed on that boat. And it's just passing ships in the yard who don't interact. Uh, like You are in this storyline and you will, re you will interact with this person for the entire feud. I feel like, again, a lot of my critiques I feel like have softened a bit this year. They got a bit better, especially continuity and characters sticking with their characteristics. That's shifted tonight, <laughs> but uh, overall, like this year has been a massive improvement over 18 and 19, because uh, 18 and 19, I thought were like, especially during the summer, they were bad, <laughs> for, especially for trying to keep up with stuff, but yeah, uh, the, if you can probably get to it, so yeah, my assumption is they booked the match to change the titles last week, then changed the mice for, for, for Survivor Series, and, well, and then just ran the match this week, and my assumption was they would do the switch but no didn't do the switch instead it's the hurt business getting irate at this and it kind of linked with bobby lashley as well where they both lost it wasn't a good night for the hurt business 
but just like last week with the nice back and forth, the first half building pleasantly until suddenly both Kofi and Benjamin Min got counted out. Uh, I, I skipped quite a bit. It was a good match. I generally was enjoying it. It's just that I'd seen it last week. There's not really much to add. It was the exact same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, MVP quickly onto the mic, demanding a restart. JV at first having none of it. He's like, but but that, that it's a finish. That That's it. Uh, but Kofi convinced him with a, I'm getting sick of these fools. Like, yeah, let's take them down. Uh, the second half swung strong into the Hurt Business's favour, though. Kofi with the Hurt Knee after a landing to the outside and our baddies worked on him hard. A nice moment with Kingston fighting both his business opponents off to reach for the hot tag. And Woods got pulled off the apron by Alexander just before. Uh, like More wearing down to Kofi it was. Yeah, just quickly check the thing. Uh, her business versus Street Profits in the future, probably. And uh, Paul Heyman said, New Day versus Street Profits are going to meet a lot each other in the future. Probably. That was a very good establishing moment. Really, indi- really enjoyed that. Uh, but yes, yeah, so second time the hot tag was made, but it was just was it enough to swing the match? A bit. Uh, with the hurt business so much fresher, our champions were fighting against the tide the whole time. Kofi just making it back in to break up a pin on Xavier. A save that gave New Day enough momentum to hit one last big swing. Kofi balancing and rotating over the top rope with his hands like a flippy thing. Uh, down onto Cedric on the outside, whilst Xavier countered a power bomb with a code red, just flipping over into the pin, and grabbed the win. MVP not happy as New Day were all joyous and cheery on the ramp. So yeah, not a good night for the Hurt Business. The New Day gets some momentum back after losing at Survivor Series to the Street Profits in a great match, and yeah, just established them as champions. I was a little bit worried they'd just hot potato the belts to the Hurt Business because the Hurt Business are being really established, but actually thinking about it, I'm happy that's not happened because they can build up the New Day as something on Raw because they've not really been something on Raw because uh, they've been on SmackDown obviously. Just establish them on Raw first before switching their titles because the titles lost a lot of prestige in the, I guess we'll just swap them because the colours don't match. <laughs> so you're building that back up. Uh, so yeah. And the Hurt Business have got to cheat. They didn't really cheat did they? They're just, they, yeah, they're a bit too respectful. Ah, be a bit more devious lads. Uh, anyway, uh, this was a, so a running little moment with Adam Pearce with uh, Charlie Caruso, who asks what his announcement was going to be before he got headbutted by Braun Strowman. And like he's not happy with Strowman uh, and talks about him possibly being suspended. But Lashley rocks up and pleads his case as the only champion to win at Survivor Series. After the break, Charlie returns for us to hear the decision when Randy Orton rocks up for a chat. And that's how all of that was set up for later. To the interview ring. Da, 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 da. It's Shara Schreiber with Lana. Uh, she's extremely happy. A championship match with Asuka? Oh man, how cool. I'm dreaming. Don't wake me up. But she... Uh, uh, right, okay. So, so she won by not doing anything. And immediately just... Alarm bells in my head. It's like, so, wait, what part of that is something to get or cheer behind? Especially to a... This is, this is such a dream moment level. And immediately I'm just like, this reaction does not match the action I saw the night previously. <laughs> and it, again, it's like a character thing that they decided on this night. And I'll make comparisons later. But it just, I was like, hmm, something, something just feels a bit disconnected about this whole thing. And uh, it, again, what they went into wasn't the worst thing in the world, but there is a bit of a disconnection of action and reaction. Like cause and effect. Like there isn't a cause, but there is an effect. 
But wh- wh- where's the thing? <laughs> where's the thing with Lana? And yes, Psychos, I did predict it that Lana was going to win. Because uh, So the choice for Survivor Series was the entire Lana build be- foreshadowing that she was going to be the final Survivor. I mean, I thought that she would at least do something. <laughs> I Like every prediction, because a lot of people predicted Lana. Uh, but the question was, was she a MacGuffin or was she, was it foreshadowing? As in... Was she was was it not going to be her? And they swerve us with like, a Bianca Belair win or something. But nah, I mean that's what I would have done. If your final two are Lana versus and Bianca Belair, just have Bianca Belair win. This is personal preference. <laughs> like Lana tries her best to really show herself, but she loses. Uh, but no, so they go with Lana winning here, and it's it's a weird characteristic just because there's no precedent to it, and we'll get I'll get into that later. Yep, one more time to Adam Pearce. Uh, finally, a solution is reached as he declares the three single ma- singles matches to then the winners of which will enter a triple threat next week on Raw to become number one contender to face Drew McIntyre for his WWE Championship and one of the best parts of the show. This is what everybody was talking about when I went onto Twitter. Maybe I logged on at a bad time. <laughs> Pierce nearly accidentally saying Drew McInfart. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, yes. What a glorious moment. Like... If they were looking for a teammate for Drew and Sheamus, like my brain also went to Drew McInfire. McInfire, Drew McInfire. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, yeah, so, so or just muck, muck and fire. Does that work? I don't know. I've taken it too far. It's too forced. <laughs> it's too forced. We're, draw it back. Draw it back. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's that. Anyway, after that was the Riddle and Sheamus qualifier. And uh, if Bianca got in the ring in time, she would have won. She would have won. And, well, no, because Lana would have had to, she would have eliminated Nia Jax, but then she would have had to face Lana, and assumably Bianca Belair would win there. And I wouldn't have minded just a little interaction or something. Uh, but no, Lana won with that. I thought, oh, that's a bit of a damp squid. And for me, the reason that's a bit of a damp squid for me is because of the other Survivor Series match earlier in the night. So they, they, they that's what I was saying in the Survivor Series review, where... Uh, when the men's match ended, I was like, well, so this wasn't much of a match. It was mainly just an angle, really. And I'm fine with that. Like, in terms of like a new, unique way to do a Survivor Series match, I'm not against that. But you then have to actually give me something to chew on later. And, this, and the match, the women's match, also ended in a swerve angle. So, like, uh, okay, right. <laughs> so that's why I was a little bit down on it. Yeah, but again, I was fine for what would then come afterwards. And I liked the Survivor Series matches having like stakes of victory, even though those stakes didn't exist before this episode of Raw. <laughs> but they are there, so I'm not going to run it down too much. Uh, but Lana's characteristics weren't there, so I'll get to that in a second. Is Drew McIntyre turning heel? I don't think so. I've worded this as, the reason he feels different is because he's a babyface that's not booked as an idiot. He's booked as a strong guy who really, he just, every time he gets he'll stand up to himself, he... It's very difficult to outsmart, and that really helps. It's more of like, look at Ricochet, the number of times that he's been made out to look like a complete idiot, and that has consequences over time. Drew McIntyre has been smoked, has been booked as a big smart boy <laughs> so many times that he, he's, not, he's not just strong physically. That's the, that's the aura he gives off, and that is an absolutely massive part of his success. So yeah, and personally, if they just kind of keep him at that level, where it makes him feel like it makes him feel different. Like I say, even though he is technically babyface, he is just a st- strong man, both in terms of uh, like the both in and out. <laughs> Better way to explain it. Right, so let's get into a bit of Moni, then a bit of uh, in- interesting part of the show. 
Lana was backstage when Asuka walked up to her. Uh, the blonde lass clarifies that uh, she wasn't actually challenging the champion. That was just certified by the interviewer's question. And she was happily answering it. Uh, Asuka, obviously, this is WWE, so she reads it like a challenge anyway and agrees to a match. So, and then she just joggles off. First, a look of, uh-oh, realisation on Lana. And then to a, oh my god, I can't believe it. How amazing. Uh, like, the latest WWE character that kind of requires you to blank out what happened just a month ago with her previous title shot, <laughs> and the fact that none of these characteristics existed before today. Like, so, uh, actually, I think I've got a... Re- when it gets to their match, I'll actually talk about the references to stuff. If only in a second, because there's one segment beforehand. The Firefly Funhouse. Some people hate it, I personally love it. Uh, Bray and Alexa welcome us to an e- episode on evil on the friendships and how friends are no good. Uh, and uh, we get a new character in Ribbit, the friendship frog. <laughs> of course. Uh, you can't just let Nikki Cross... You can't let Nikki Cross just hop away. Uh, Bray helps Alexa out in letting the fiend in before she bashes the frog over the head till he dies. Yay! And they all jump about all happy. Because <laughs> it's the Firefly Funhouse. It's weird. Uh, Bray leads us into a moment of remembrance, a whole video package on the life of the frog that that got a genuine laugh out of me, <laughs> just because it was just so it was jarring in the best way possible with the song as well, just with your over the top song. <laughs> I loved it. Um, uh, Alexa Bliss with he saw was a fine amphibian. A shame he croaked. Uh, yeah, I loved it. I love I love that segment. <laughs> it's um, got less and less subtle over time, but it's kept the silly wackiness. I, feel, I still feel like I want to pay attention. And uh, when the Firefly Funhouse stuff debuted, that was a great kind of... Um, it was so different to the world that was just all over the place, but you had a consistency guy, and that was Bray Wyatt, who was tying the world back together again. As I've dubbed Bray Wyatt before, he was the Humpty Dumpty demon putting WWE back together again. One character at a time. <laughs> Making continuity actually fit. And what's happened with a character just, you know, actually makes sense. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. And uh, that, that, that's kind of faded away a bit. They've done the, the Bray Wyatt changes you, man. And they've done the uh, Firefly Funhouse is quirky and weird. And there's normal double meanings for things. But it's, so, it's very blatant at this point. Uh, but uh, yeah, I still feel like I want to pay attention. And again, when, when, it, when that, this segment debuted, I couldn't say that for a lot of Raw, but I can now. I feel like it's improved a lot. So, yes. Uh, before we move on, oh, the, yeah, so I mentioned Drew McIntyre wasn't on the show, but also the Battle Royal winner, The Miz, wasn't on the show either. So I want to say that's important, but just because I didn't want to mention like Mr. Money in the Bank or bring your attention to that, normally that is a sign of something. We'll wait to see uh, next week, because there's still quite a few weeks to go till TLC. But it's probably quite a good spot. Quite a good... Uh, yes, yes. What, yes, that's, yeah, that's quite good to bring that up. That The Miz is likely to cash in at that's pay for you. Just, he wasn't on the show this week when they were focusing on that, even though he would have probably bragged about winning the Battle Royal. So, hmm, keep an eye on that. <laughs> in terms of how hard do they plug the fact he's money in the bank on this build. Because uh, normally that means they want you to kind of forget about it a little bit so it falls into the background. So when he returns, it's a bit of a surprise. Even though that doesn't fit the character of them is who is just, you know, he will let you know at every opportunity. 
So, anyway, I need to increase the pace a little bit. Or do I? Is this the final segment? No, it's not. Anyway, the Raw Women's Championship, Asuka versus Lana. So, uh, Lana's new gimmick seems to be one of a, of like, Bailey in NXT-esque fan. Like, marking out everything as if it's the most, oh my god, amazing thing ever. Except, Bailey actually had a consistent build with that character before then into properly interacting. Like, this is the first night Lana has ever shown any of these characteristics. <laughs> Hence why I found it a little bit jarring. And whenever she did that stuff, it was a bit like, sorry, where's this come from? <laughs> why are you all of a sudden just this absolutely massive fan of Asuka and it's just this massive deal to become number one contender? It's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I've actually become number one contender. Lana, you were number one contender like three weeks ago. <laughs> Have you got short-term memory loss? <laughs> what is this? Um, yeah. It was just jarring, just because it did, it didn't it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> this wasn't a thing that existed before tonight. Again, they can make it consistent by featuring it from here, but I can just say one week she just turned up with these characteristics. They didn't exist before tonight. <laughs> uh, anyway, it didn't really matter because the match never happened. Uh, before the bell, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler make their way out. Uh, something that at least has been consistent is their feud with Lana. Asuka started the match but quickly went to address the ringside distraction in the duo. Uh, Naya running her mouth before the tag champs clobbered the Japanese star. DQ right away. A, uh, yeah, a downgrade from championship match to tag match it is. It's like a reverse Teddy Long. <laughs> Asuka and Lana versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. So from inconsistent Lana character to fully consistent Lana character, again, explaining why it was jarring. Like, really, tonight was just a mix of the previously established and completely new slash suddenly out of nowhere traits. And I feel like, again, that is why. Lana continuing to bravely try and prove herself, but she just ends up getting battered and bruised. Uh, Asuka with the hot momentum, kicking ass as the champion and the biggest talent in the division. But in the heel team swing, Nia directly went after Lana again, focusing too much on her, setting up the announce table spot and charging at Lana before taking herself over the table. And back into the ring, Asuka steals the win on Baszler. So yeah, so Asuka becomes also relatively strong. Lana gets across the strong as well. Have I remembered that right? Did Lana get the win? I think it was Asuka. <laughs> and I just suddenly was like, I don't trust myself here. But yeah, anyway... They did, they did one over on the tag champs, so we're going to get a match next week because it's that quick. That's how you get... The, the way that you get title matches is the champions lose all the time. So, yes. Uh, so, a little break in the action because we've got some backstage segments before the next match. Uh, I miss Samoa Joe wrestling. Yeah, everyone, I think I think we all do, to be fair, actually. <laughs> he's, he, he's one of the best third-man commentators they've had because that role is very, very difficult and very easily comes across as just reaction lines, as in you are there to react, but Joe's found a way to make it work. So he's an amazing addition to that commentary table, but also, he's a bloody fantastic wrestler, quite possibly like for a long amount of time one of the best in the world. Uh, so to have him on commentary is a choice, <laughs> we'll say. Uh, yeah, so, uh, backstage segment, uh, Riddle and MVP. Uh, backstage Riddle pictures his business ideas, all of them, you know, just jokey stuff, like yogurt pizza. Uh, MVP shuts him down and uh, little, little legit cracked MVP up with the uh, reaction to the rejection. <laughs> uh, MVP managed to put it back together in the end, though. Like, Paul's hitting that vague threat in the end. But it was just the fact that it was like, first of all, 
we're not going to take up any of, the, any of those ideas. Oh, <laughs> it was just the way he did it. He just timed it so perfectly that every piece started to say his next line. Then he saw him register it. And he was just like, uh, uh, did that. <laughs> so the fact that Riddle managed to crack up MVP. Yeah, well done, lad. Uh, Alexa Bliss versus Nikki Cross. Yeah, back into story stuff. Uh, also, so uh, just into the final kind of backstage thing before we get to the match. Uh, before it, Schreiber caught up with Nikki in Gorilla. And it's like, friends don't give up on friends. But, but I get Alexa's message. Her message was received. And tonight, she's going to beat the fiend out of Alexa. That's not what I wrote in my notes, but I had to remember half the sentence. <laughs> I figured it out by myself. Uh, smart, tight imp. And uh, anyway, good God. Nikki Cross's new theme is pretty generic and characterless. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, like... Uh, yeah. It's just Southern Texan gal song. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean it, especially, I mean, it wouldn't be fine if, you know, that resembled any part of her character. <laughs> but because she's, you know, Scottish, n n nothing about her kicks with this song. <laughs> so, yeah. Ah, yeah. You know, but then you look at Bliss as well and how full of character her new persona is. Uh, like, toying with Nikki from the bell, a demeanour like the match was a fun game of play. Like how, um, during the match itself, like how Bray reacts when Nikki started laying in the kicks. Alexa was just laughing. Her former friend screamed to listen before beating her up. Like Cross seemed almost lost in the rage before Bliss appeared to have a sudden awakening. Like, Nikki, what's going on? Wait, wait, wait. And she started crying in the ring, saying she's so sorry before going for a hug into a flatliner. <laughs> a sentence you can only say in wrestling. At the Fiend's psychological games on full display as usual this work this time just through Alexa Bliss. Commentary putting it over that it was clearly too easy to trick Nikki, who fell for the trick without much effort at all. And yeah, I like I'm really enjoying this because I feel like because Bray Wyatt didn't have a match, his build has been like a two-month period where suddenly we feel like we've had quite a lot of time building to that next thing. And that's really benefited both Bliss and Wyatt. Get some direction now, going to TLC. But just two months rather than one has done just such a world of good. Uh, and yeah, they feel like a big deal. Like not launching them into something because they're a big character and instead just holding off for a month has done so much for the anticipation for what Bray Wyatt's going to do next. And we got that in the main event afterwards as he targeted Randy Orton, costing him the match. And of course the final laugh as the show went off air wasn't AJ Styles who was going into the number one contenders match. It wasn't Randy Orton in a kind of pity it was Bray Wyatt it was his laugh playing over the uh, over the arena as, his, as the spooky spook takes up so yeah we're getting Randy Orton vs The Fiend and the, again, it builds it up really well generally quite excited for it looking forward to what they do there would it be at TLC? I, I assume so we'll probably get lots of stuff on Raw so we're going to get Randy Orton doing weird stuff again <laughs> he's been great this year and I feel like Bray Wyatt is the like last definite guy for both men to really like have to face in terms of both of their characters makes a lot of sense. Randy Orton after that can face Edge. That well wouldn't make it for the WWE Championship. That seems to be the rumor. But that said, I uh, I've really enjoyed his character. And if he faces Edge again at WrestleMania this time, they try and do it a bit pro more proper. Uh, we'll see what they go for with that. Anyway, that is all of my notes, and I bash through them in about well, it says forty-seven minutes for me, but it's uh, ten to one in the morning for me. So it's a great time to sign off.
Anyway, so that is uh, the after Survivor Series Modern Night Raw. Not a lot for me to delve into, really. They set up uh, Survivor Series Triple Threat, uh, post Survivor Series Triple Threat number one contenders matches. They moved things along f- after Survivor Series and from what they were in before it as well, which for me is the most important bit. Only downside is repetition from the previous week. So I call it half and half. Like the tournaments, uh, the uh, qualifying matches were great and they all built to something. The Fiend stuff also continues to build with both Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss. It's just the repeat matches which get me down a bit, even if, you know, they're good. It's just I've seen them so many times. I'm all, like It's such a short time that I'm already getting a bit ugh, on it. But anyway, I feel like I'm rubbing it on too much. So I will be back on Thursday for the NXT review. And I think I'll be, if you want to watch me play a video game, I think I'll be on Twitch on Thursday. Don't know what game I'll be playing. I need to decide that. And I don't know what multiplayer game we're playing on Friday either. But I'll be with NXT on Thursday for the review. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at the damn implicat. That's damn as in damn. And see you too, site cancel. When, uh, tune in whenever the next thing is. Can't, I don't know when it is. Uh, I'm so tired. I don't, remember, I don't know any schedule off my heart right now. <laughs> like, I'm not joking. I did go to sleep at like 6 or 7 a.m. following Survivor Series. And not a great night last night. <laughs> so I am out of it. So, yeah, anyway, you want to see FIFA? You want to see me play FIFA? I don't think Ashley will be available, but I could play something. I mean, uh, anyway, anyway, I'll talk about that on the Twitch. <laughs> this is the wrestling thing. I'll, uh, I'll distract myself and never end it. But yes, anyway, I will be back on Thursday, and I'll be both Twitch and here. Uh, so with that, I bid you adieu. Thank you for watching. Thank you for liking, for subscribing to the channel, for five-starring on the reviews. You can also go to uh, Red Circle. On our Red Circle feed for the podcast, when it gets put up, you can click through to donate directly to there to the radio station. That helps a lot as well. And I'm sitting at a weird angle. Sit up straight. <laughs> uh, and with that, I uh, bid you adieu. Adios. Ten.